Yeah, so good morning, guys. Um, you know, yeah, so as Tanner said, you know, we uh, had a bit of an issue last night, but, you know, God is good, and that's a fact, and so everybody's feeling good. And, um, you know, it just goes to speak to how, um, you know, how quickly kids can bounce back, you know, because they woke up this morning, and they're like, you know, I thought you said that it's supposed to hurt more the next day. Um, you know, and they're both like, it feels like a regular Sunday. I feel fine. You know, and I'm like, well, thank the Lord for your youth because I do not so much. <laughs> uh, you definitely feel it in your bones a little bit as you get older. But um, yeah, so welcome. Um, you know, so this is kind of our closing to our core team season. Um, this also marks the 20th week that my family and I have been down here because this is the 20th week of our core team season. Um, and over these last 20 weeks, um, you know, we've been meeting here and we've been diving into what Imago Day is as a church. Um, you know, we have went through a series where we touched on identifying our core values, such as being rooted in the gospel, growing into the image of Christ and producing fruit of the gospel. And, you know, we dove into Ephesians and we discussed what a biblical family looks like and what a biblical marriage looks like. Um, and we had an amazing four-week series of Advent, you know, where we got to celebrate the, the first coming of Christ and, and the second coming of Christ. Um, and these last five weeks, um, we've been going through this participation series of how we can come together with God and um, ultimately, you know, be with Him participating in prayer, in, in worship, um, in being ambassadors of Christ. Um, and today, um, you know, we get to talk about, about serving. Um, this is one way that we participate with God, um, and it's a big key of, of what our statement here as a church is for Imago Day, because our, our statement is to multiply churches and disciples that live and look like Jesus wherever we're planted. Um, so, we're, so we're so excited. Next week, we're going to be launching officially. Um, we're switching to a 10 a.m. service, um, and we're going to be going um, through the book of Colossians from beginning to end. Um, so make sure if you guys have any friends, invite them out, bring them out. Um, and let's have a good time. There's going to be a lunch provided, so you need to get to eat on top of that also. And eating is always a good thing. Um, now, as I was preparing for this, I love serving. Um, you know, and for a long time, um, I had a, a big misconception of what it meant to serve. Um, initially, when I first came to Christ and I first started serving, I thought, um, you know, I need to serve, not, um, not because Christ is telling me I should, but because I felt like I had to make up for a whole lot of bad things that I did in my life. So I had a big misconception of what serving really was. Um, and so preparing for this sermon actually helped me grow a lot as an individual um, because the Bible has a lot to say on the topic of serving. Um, you know, and I feel like the, the world kind of has this misconstrued notion of what serving is. You know, everybody's got their own opinion, um, you know, whether it's, you know, oh, you have to participate in these big serving events, or you have to give up your weekends, or you have to do this or that. And, um, you know, as I, so as I was going into this, um, you know, I found myself asking myself these questions, these different questions. What, what is serving? Why do we serve? Who do we serve? And, um, you know, it's all those investigative questions that 
you know, an investigative journalist would ask, that, you know, an officer would ask if he was investigating a, a case, right? Um, and it's those five W's, the who, what, when, where, and why. And by looking into any kind of situation, whether it's a biblical thing or a worldly thing, you know, if you go into a situation, you want to know more about it, and you ask yourself those questions, who, what, when, where, and why, you're going to get to the root of what that, that issue is, what that situation is, because by asking those simple questions, you gather such a vast amount of information. And so that's what we're going to do today. Today we're going to ask ourselves the who, what, when, where, and why of serving. So who do we serve? What do we, what do, we do when we serve? When do we serve? Where do we serve? Why do we serve? And then the other ones, it's not, it goes along with the W's, but it's not actually W, and that's how. How do we serve? Um, and so we're going to answer, we're going to look at these questions, we're going to answer these questions, and we're going to see how it brings us together to being, participating with the Lord in service. So if we can stand all to our feet one more time, we're going to read from God's Word here. And we are going to be in the book of Mark, um, chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. So calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful for your word, Lord. Um, Lord, we're so thankful to be in your presence here today, God, in this church, in this building as a family, God, diving into this word, learning about how we can participate with you, God. And um, as Tanner um, prayed earlier, Lord, I just ask that you remove me from this equation, Lord. Just use me as, as the catalyst, if you will, to speak the words that you want spoken, God. And and if those words are contrary to what I have here, then let them be your words instead of the words on the screen, God. And so, um, Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful, God. We're so thankful for the breath of life, Lord. You know, I woke up this morning and, um, you know, I really had a truly deep sense of gratitude. And I'm so thankful um, for your protection and for your mercy and for your grace, God. And um, so we just ask that you're with us this morning, Lord, that you watch over us, that you guide our steps, make our path straight, and that your will be done here today. We just pray all of these things, God, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. So ultimately, the first of those W questions really is the who. And, um, you know, that really is kind of easy for us to answer, really. Um, and so who is it that we, ser that we serve? Well, if we are a body of believers um, who believes in following Christ, well, then we're a body of believers who chooses to serve Christ. Christ came to serve, but we have that choice to serve him. Um, John twelve twenty six says, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So if we, if we follow Christ, then we serve Christ. And the best way that we can serve Christ is naturally by following Christ's example, right? And, and Christ provided us with an excellent example, right? I mean, he even said, like, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Um, and it takes us back to our statement again, right, of being a church that lives and looks like Jesus um, wherever we're planted, right? Jesus didn't come here 
um, and decide who he was and wasn't going to serve, right? Um, he didn't come here. He wasn't picky. He came to serve all, right? He came and he served tax collectors and sinners, people that were considered scum of the earth, you know? Um, he came and served Roman centurions and synagogue officials and Jews and Gentiles and everyone in between. Um, his constant preaching and teaching anyone that was around him and the healings and just the way that he lived his life was an act of service from the moment that he woke up, right, um, to the moment that he went to bed, like Jesus lived and breathed service. That's what his whole ministry was about, was serving and preaching that gospel, bringing that, that, um, that redemptive plan to us, right? And um, so, you know, he set that example for us. So the best way to serve him is to serve by living the example that he gave us. You know, he taught that example to everyone that would listen. Um, he spent who knows how much time going around and healing folks and washing feet and the likes. And, you know, at the end of the Gospel of John, John writes and he says in chapter 21, 25, there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. So in a matter of Jesus's lifespan, right, um, he did so many things that John said, you could write it in all the books in the world and this world couldn't even hold those books, right? And, um, you know, if you take that into context, like what a beautiful life, you know, and he did that in service. He did that to help others, to serve others, to bring a message of hope and salvation to others. And he lived it out each and every single day. And so if we're to live and look like Jesus wherever we're planted, or as Pastor Tanner says a lot, where we live, work, and play, right, then we need to be aware that we serve Christ, and Christ served everyone. So who do we serve? Well, we serve the Father, we serve the Son, we serve Holy Spirit, we serve Trinity, and we serve it because that's the example that Jesus gave us, right? We serve everyone by following his example. And I don't want you to think like, oh, well, if I have to live my whole life in service, well, then how can I get anything done? How can I provide for my family if I'm supposed to be providing for everybody else? And, you know, do I have to quit my job? You know, there, and there's some people that, that do think that. You know, they, th they give up all of their time to do all of these other things and they, they neglect what's in, in front of them, right? They neglect just where they're at in general. They think they have to be somewhere else entirely um, to do this service work, right? To, oh, I have to be over here serving at this place, or I have to be over here and serving at that place. Um, and that's, that's, not, that's not what serving's like. You know, as, as Tanner says, you know, where you live, work, and play, that's where you're at in your everyday life. You don't have to be in some special location to serve God. You, it's where you stand today, you have an opportunity to serve God. Where you stand at tomorrow at work or in the grocery store or whatever, like you have opportunity to serve God. And so we serve him in all these things we do. And how do we do that? We do that with our heart posture. How is our heart posture? You see, God calls us to serve, right? And he calls us to serve with love. He doesn't cause a, call us to, to serve out of frustration or anger. So it's all about the right heart, heart posture in the things that we do. You know, he says to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that verse tells me you, you got to have a heart posture of love. 
So who do we serve? We serve God. And that next W is, well, what do we do when we serve? Um, And Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regarding one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And so what this book or what this verse in Philippians tells us is, is kind of what, what we don't do when we serve, but also what we do do, correct? Um, so Paul writes and he says, well, when you serve, what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't be serving from a posture of selfishness and empty conceit, right? Because that selfishness is, is for your own personal gain, not for the gain of others, you know? And that, that empty conceit, that, that's just a prideful thing. So what are we doing when we serve? The selfishness and the empty conceit, what is our heart posture when we're doing those things? If, if those are the feelings that we have in our heart, can we really say that that's from a posture of love? And what Paul is telling the church in Philippi, Philippi is that what they shouldn't do is serve out of those ways. But everything that we should do should be done for the glory of God. He's the one who deserves it. He should be the one that gets it. And the rest of verse 3 says, But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. And Christ gave us that ultimate example, right? I mean, he's God. He's God and came down, put on flesh, came to earth, and instead of coming here and demanding, Hey, I am God, serve me, bow down. Instead of doing that as, as he rightfully could, instead he came in a posture of humility and he said, what do you need? I know what you need, right? He didn't come here to tell us to do anything. He came here to serve us. He came here and served people, people that did not deserve it. And yet he came with love in his heart, with a posture of humility and a redemptive plan that we did not deserve. And he did this not out of his own personal interest. He did it because it was in our best interest. He did it because it was in our best interest. He didn't have to do that, right? We didn't deserve it by any means. But it was in our best interest, and he wanted to serve us. So that's why we serve God. And that's why we serve with a posture of love. That's why we serve with humility instead of placing our own personal desires and our own personal pride um, above that. And so we know we serve God and we know what to do when we serve God, right? That, that we serve from a posture of humility and not of, of selfishness. Um, so when, when do we serve God? Luke 9.23 says, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So simply in that verse, what he tells us is that when are we supposed to serve God? What well, says every single day. This is not something that we do on a Saturday when we have free time um, and we want to go down to the soup kitchen, right? And it's not something that, you know, we do on Tuesdays only, you know, when we have a, a meeting in our home. And it's not something that we do just on Sundays when we come out and we lift our voices up and we worship God, right? It's something that the Bible, right, something that we know is without error, tells us that we must do every 
single day. So if we choose to follow Christ, we choose to serve Christ, and if we choose to serve Christ, then what it says we must do is we must deny our fleshly desires every single day. Our fleshly desires, when I wake up in the morning, sure, I want to be selfish. Sure, I want to look out for what I want. Um, there's things that I want to do or there's things that I need, right? And, and maybe they don't coincide with what my kids need or what my wife wants or, or even what Christ is calling me to do, right? Um, and so we have to deny those thoughts to look out for ourselves and we have to bring forth those thoughts of putting others before us. You know, we serve God and we do that with love and humility and we got to do that every single day in everything that we do. You know, I like the way that when I was looking at that verse and it says, you know, that we must deny ourselves daily. Um, my study Bible, it puts that kind of, of self-denial that Christ sought in us um, as not, I had to look this word up. It was not a reclusive asceticism, which I had to Google, Google that because I'm not um, exactly the most educated individual. And that term reclusive asceticism is practiced by people who just withdraw from the world, right? So um, like the monks and those people that live um, as hermits and stuff in the hills, right? Um, some people look at that as like, oh, you're denying the world. You're denying the things that the world offers by withdrawing from the world and just living your own life up in the monasteries or away in the mountains. But that's not, that's not the type of self-denial that Christ was after. He was the, after the type of self-denial that would lead people to have a willingness to just obey his commandments. A self-denial that would lead people to want to serve one another and a self-denial that, you know, perhaps leads us to have to suffer or die for his sake. That was the type of denial that Christ was after and he wants us to do that every single day. What's he want us to do? He wants us to follow his commandments. He wants us to serve one another and he lets us know like, hey, you might have to suffer on my behalf, you know? So that's when we do it. We do it every single day. We serve God and we do so with love and humility, not with selfishness and, and pridefulness and we do it every single day. So then where, where do we do it? When well, the book of Matthew, when Jesus gives his um, 11 disciples the Great Commission, um, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And so when I read, read that again, I think that you know, most of us are probably familiar with the Great Commission. But what I see in that is actually two different types of wares in, in regards of where we serve God. That first one is, is the more obvious one, right? In verse 19, um, when he says to go out and make disciples of all nations. Um, all nations doesn't really leave a whole lot of room for interpretation, right? Other than the obvious of everywhere you go all the time, right? No matter where you're at in this world, go out and make the disciples, serve him. And that second one is a little bit more subtle, but, you know, when you ask yourself, who do we serve? And we serve God. Well, in verse 20, Christ says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So if we know who we serve, and he says that he's with us all the time, well, that's kind of an example of when we should be serving him, right? Um, Because if he's with us all the time, well, then that means that we should be serving him all the time. And so we know that we serve God everywhere. We know that we serve him every single day. We know that we serve God, and we know that we do so with that posture of humility. So we know the who, the what, the when, and the where, Anthony. What's the next one? Close. That's the next, next one. Why? (laughs) So why? Why do we serve God? Why do we serve with love and humility? Why do we serve every single day? And why are we supposed to serve everywhere that we go? And Matthew 5.16, he says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We serve because you, this, no, no matter what it is, you know, it could be the most simplest thing for somebody that we know or for a complete and total stranger, but doing something for somebody with that heart posture of love, it doesn't bring us glory. You know, maybe people might think, oh, that's a good person, but what we hope for is that that person will not only think that we're a good person, but they'll be like, I bet that person's a good person because they love the Lord, right? Ultimately, our good decisions that we make, our good things that we do for other people, we do so not to glorify ourselves, not to make ourselves look good, right? Not to have everybody like, oh, you know, that, that guy over there, Colin, man, he's great. I see him doing stuff for people all the time, Right? Like, I don't care if people know my name. Tanner, I can guarantee, doesn't care if people know his name. Cody, he doesn't care if people know his name. What we care about is that people know the Lord. You know, and if that means that we get the opportunity to share the gospel with them, that means that we just get to say hi, right? Like, we want that act, however simple or in-depth that it is, to bring glory to the Father who is in heaven, You know, most people who decide to come to church, you know, typically they come because they have an interaction with somebody, right? Someone who also goes to that church. And that interaction was most likely good. You folks are here visiting today, right? And you work with Cody, right? So obviously I'm guessing that you don't think that Cody's just a grimy weirdo, right? I mean, you obviously have, you guys obviously had a good connection, right? And Cody took that that good connection. He said, hey, man, come out to church, right? And you thought, you know what, Cody, you're a pretty good dude. You know, maybe I should go to church. Maybe we should go and explore this together, you know? And, And that kind of, you know, bringing people into the church, what's it really boiled down to? Well, it boils down to, you know, why do we serve? Well, we serve for this kind of stuff here, you know, for these little instances that bring people to God, right? To bring glory to the Father. And why, why do we do it? Well, because it's what Christ did, You know, it's what Christ did. He spent his entire life bringing people to love the Father, right? And so if we follow Christ and we serve Christ, well, then we should be doing what Christ did, which is no matter what we're doing, whether we're working on a concrete truck or we help out with a food pantry or we do construction or we, 
you know, work as an, an officer or we work at a school, like everything that we should be doing every single day should be making us want to, to live and look like Jesus, right? So people see that in us. Because if people see Jesus in the things that we're doing, right, then that's going to make an impact on their life. And maybe it's going to take one interaction. Maybe it's going to take one interaction a day for the next two and a half years. Who knows? But the importance is, is that if we have those interactions and people see those interactions and there's, you know, that's a good, that's a good thing. That person's doing good things, right? And they're going to they're gonna start to wonder why. Why? Why do they do those things? Why does that person take the time to be so nice to that person when everybody else is so cruel? You know, why does that person, it, why, why are they being so nice in a world where it's, it's almost like the standard to just be a jerk, right? And people are going to see, oh, because he loves That's why we serve everywhere we go, every single day, and we do so with love and humility because we don't want our interactions with people to be rude ones, right? We don't want people to be like, oh, wow, that guy's a jerk, and he goes to that church. Yeah, I'm definitely not going there, right? That's not going to bring people to faith. That's not going to bring people to love the Lord. That's not going to bring people to want to go back out and preach the gospel that they heard from us if they heard it from a posture of arrogance and, and, and conceit and pridefulness, right? If they hear what we have to say and they see the things that we do to further the kingdom and we're doing so with love and humility with no desire for personal gain, well, I think that sets the, the kind of example that Christ wants us to set. You know, Christ didn't come and say, you know, nowhere in this book does Christ say, hey, you know, I want you to just go worry about you. Don't worry about nothing else, you know. And nowhere in this book does he say, hey, you know, just don't worry about no one else. You just take care of yourself. And in fact, if you read through the thing, what you constantly see is him telling you, hey, look out for everybody else. I will look out for you. You look out for others, right? And Acts 20, 35, um, you know, I, I love it. So Tanner, can you put up that picture? So at the end of Acts 20, 35, um, it says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, in fact, so the whole verse, it says, in everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So we serve because we want to be a church that looks and lives like Jesus, right? And, and I love that, that picture. So when we did our food outreach back in, in November, right, a bunch of us, um, hit the streets. We went passing out these paper bags um, to house after house after house, and we probably hit, oh, I'd say well over 2,000 homes um, in a matter of a weekend, right? And we just left these bags there, and we said, hey, if the Lord's leading you and you have the, the ability to fill these bags up with some non-perishables and help us, um, you know, stock up our food pantry, we'd love if you can do that. We'll come by and pick them up next week. And so we left... 2,000 of these bags or so out in the community around the church here. And um, this is, so when my son and I went and picked up the bags, this is one of the bags that we received. You know, and that person, 
You know, they wrote, okay, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That person served God in that act right there, right? That person didn't have to leave their house. That person didn't even have to talk to anybody. You know, that person had an opportunity that was given to them, and rather than just shrugging it off or ignoring it, that person rose to the occasion. In fact, we had so many people actually rise to the occasion during that opportunity that, that we had in the community that we ended up getting almost 1,700 um, donations of, of different food um, items and things like that, you know? And, and if you think about it, if we passed out just over 2,000 bags and we got almost 1,700 food items, you know, that's, I mean, almost every single house gave at least one thing, you know? And maybe some of those houses were down on their luck. You know, maybe they were hurting, you know, but they looked in their pantry and they said, you know what, I haven't used this tomato puree in, in you know, two months that I got from the food bank last month when I was struggling, right? And uh, so, so let me help, you know? It doesn't have to be some big grand scheme or, or grand event, right? I mean, those opportunities are great. If you have the opportunity to help in a ministry or to help at some outreach event, like those are great opportunities, but I'd say that it's more important that we focus on our everyday life. So Anthony, what was that last one that you said? Nope. How? So how do we serve? And in Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. So this verse goes back to that posture, right, of where, where's our heart? Where's our heart in all this? Where's our heart in our everyday living? Are we living our life in a posture of love and humility or are we living our lives in a posture of, of frustration or maybe anger, you know, or uh, uh, pridefulness, you know? Um, how, how are we living our life? Because depending upon how we are choosing to live our lives each day, depending on how we choose to, to structure and posture our heart, is really dependent on how well we're going to serve God, right? Because God didn't call us to serve out of anger. He didn't call us to serve out of greed or frustration or, or any of that. He called us to serve out of love. And he, Ephesians says to do so even with humility and gentleness, to do so with patience and tolerance for one another, in love and tolerance that's a huge deal right because i think we all just get just oh, i can't tolerate this person sometimes right we all have that person in our life that just grinds our gears you know that that probably just frustrates us to no other whether it's the decisions that they're making in their life or the way that they treat us or or just their their overall outlook right um and he says you know have some tolerance for one another in love. And so that's our posture. But there's more practical ways of how we serve the God or how we serve God. So how do we go about serving in our lives? Is it, like I said earlier, to um, give up every single one of our Saturdays um, to go hang out at the food bank and help? Or is it to, you know, volunteer at a, at a ministry and, and donate all of our time to doing that? Or maybe it's, um, you know, going on big mission trips 
all the time, right? Um, or maybe it's teaching classes and doing all of these other big events to help serve others. And, um, you know, my answer to, is that how you serve? I would say yes. That is one way in how you serve, right? If you feel like that's what God is calling you to do, then do it. Because, it, you know, if that's what God's calling you to do, then do it. But I'd say more importantly that those situations are not the only opportunities. You know, most of those opportunities that we have to serve are those overlooked opportunities that I've been talking about, those simple everyday tasks that are taken for granted and underappreciated, right? Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom who, who cooks and cleans and takes care of the kids, or you're a pastor who spends his week reaching out um, and encouraging the congregation and preparing sermons and different outreach events and doing all of these other things to help hold his household together. Or maybe you're, you're an officer who spends his entire evening protecting our communities. You know, every single person in this room at some point during their day has an opportunity to look at someone. Every one of us has an opportunity to talk to someone. And if we have the opportunity to look at someone and we have the opportunity to talk to someone, then we have the opportunity to serve someone. Whether that's a text message to a brother or sister that just asks them how their day's going, checking in to make sure that they're doing okay, or that's calling your mom or your dad and just checking in on them, right? Maybe it's a mother making sure that her kid is loved and fed or a housekeeper that's you know, so great at just carrying on friendly conversations with the folks that she's helping out, you know? Or maybe you're a mom and dad that both work, who both bust their butts to make sure that your families are safe and warm every single night. You don't necessarily need to be focused on what's that next big event or opportunity. Those things come and go. You know, they're really a dime a dozen. They're, they're all over the place, and the opportunities to participate in those things are, are plentiful, right? There's, you can always find an opportunity to serve at an event of some kind. But we need to be focused, instead of so much on those big events, how are we, how are we focusing our life, our day-to-day life? How are we serving God? Are we doing so with that love and that humility and that... that uh, you know, just gentleness that Paul talked to the Ephesians about, you know? Because if we're not doing it in that kind of posture, well, then we're not serving God very well because that's not how he calls us to serve. So we know that we serve God. We know what we do when we serve. It's that we shouldn't be doing um, service to serve out of selfishness or pride to, to um, make our name great, right? But we should be serving out of that humility and that love. And we should do so every single day. We should be doing this everywhere that we go. And we should be doing this by focusing on the little things that we can do for people each and every single day with that heart posture, love and patience, kindness and gentleness, right? The thing is, is there's so many different ways to serve. There's so many different opportunities and there's so many different ways to look at serving, right? And, and everyone's entitled um, to their own opinion. But what we do know for a fact is that Jesus Christ served. We know that for a fact. I mean, he's, the, the word says it, and this word does not lie. And this word says right here, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So not only did he come to serve people, 
and not to be served, but he came in the ultimate act of service, right? The, the ultimate act of service by laying his life down for us. He served the hungry, the hurt, the broken, the poor. He served Jew and Gentile, and he died serving himself up as a sacrifice for our sakes. And if we're going to be a church that lives and looks like Jesus wherever we're planted, we have to be a church that serves in our everyday life, right? Wherever we live, work, and play, we have to be a church that serves, a church that goes out into the community and treats every interaction, every single moment, every task that we have with the understanding that Christ loves us and he loves those that we're dealing with and we need to let that love that he has for them show through us even if maybe we don't necessarily always feel it all the time, you know? We need to let every single person see that. You know, maybe that's, you know, the elderly lady that, um, you know, that's down here at the high V, and I was thinking about it, like, what are some different examples, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's an elderly lady that, you know, maybe this is her first winter without her husband, and she's struggling to push her cart through all this snow, you know, and we have the opportunity, me and my son, maybe to stop what we're doing, put our cart next to our van, and go help that old lady, you know, maybe it's just giving her that helping hand and a smile, and letting her know that, hey, God loves you, right, Maybe it's the woman in line at the grocery store who's trying to hurry because her babysitter's trying to go home. And all she wanted to do was get the grocery shopping done without having to drag the kids to the store because anybody with kids knows that that's just asking for issues, right? And she's panicking because she's a few bucks short and now she doesn't know what's going on and she's trying to put things back. You know, and we're able to say, hey, I got you, you know? Maybe there's a new kid at your guys' school. And he's super uncomfortable. He doesn't know anybody who's new to the area. And you guys know what that feels like, right? Because you guys were in that position. And nobody's talking to him, right? And he's sitting at a table by himself because he doesn't know anybody. And nobody's talking to him. Maybe he looks a little weird. But you guys get to take that opportunity to go and sit down with him or them, you know? You guys get to go and have that opportunity to say, hey, how are you? When did you move here? What's going on? You know, what grade are you in? Make them feel a little bit loved. The, maybe you know, you're out paying bills. And as we've all seen a thousand times, there's going to be that person that's just rude and disrespectful. And maybe they're cussing out the customer service person because, you know, for whatever reason. And they leave and you get that opportunity to just tell that person, hey, don't pay them no mind. Like, God loves you. You know, you're appreciated. You're valued. And the point is, is that we don't know what's going on in everyone's lives, right? Like, we don't know, um, you know, maybe that customer service lady, maybe her whole day's been just sailing on cloud nine, and that, you know, that didn't even affect her. You know, she didn't even hear none of what that rude person had to say, you know? Or maybe she was just that one small comment away from completely breaking down and just losing it. And you stepping up there and just having that small comment that says, hey, you're loved, you're appreciated. Don't even pay them no mind. Maybe you just helped create or helped bring her back from that abyss, right? From just going over the deep end and just losing it. We don't know what's going on in people's lives. We just, we don't know. So be kind, be loving, you know? Um, live and look like Jesus. 
You know, he would serve in those moments. And we're called to serve in those moments. So as we wrap up today, I just want to encourage you to serve, to keep it simple. You know, and it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be big. Smile at someone. You know, say hi. Text someone you haven't talked to in a while and just see how they're doing. Maybe an old friend, you know. Um, call a family member. See how their week's been. You know, open the door for your wife. Let your spouse know that you love them and they're appreciated, you know. Um, one of my favorite things to do is, is, you know, even though I don't live that lifestyle anymore, is to answer the phone when my buddies call from prison, you know. And I get to be that, that person that just speaks life into them, right? That person that says, hey, bro, despite what choices you've made, doesn't need to continue to, to dictate the choices that you're going to make, you know? I get to show them that God loves them, that they have an opportunity for a different life, that they have an opportunity to make different decisions. You know, it doesn't matter where they're at. I, you know, I was in prison when I started learning about the Lord. Tanner loved the Lord in prison. Cody learned to love the Lord in prison. It doesn't matter where you're at. And just be kind. Kids, hug your parents. Tell them you love them. Be kind to the kid at school. Tell your teacher that you're thankful for what they do. You know, be nice to your brother and sister. And please put your plates in the dishwasher. <laughs> but remember that as you go throughout this week that God loves you guys. That he loves you so much that he gave his only son for you and for you and for every single person here. So serve God the way he wants, not through occasional grand moments, but through every single moment. Live like Jesus, love like Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to serve you each and every day, God, to be able to wake up um, with worship on our hearts, Lord, with an opportunity to know that we're going to have a, a moment in our day, Lord, that brings glory to you. And whether it's one moment or 20 moments, God, let us bring glory to you in, in every opportunity that we have throughout our day. And in those moments when we're not interacting with others, Lord, let us lift up our voice in worship, God, and in prayer. Let us take the, the position of being an ambassador of Christ seriously. Let us go out each and every day and share your gospel, Lord. Let us be a church that is rooted in your word, Lord, that strives to produce fruit for the church as a whole, to produce fruit for you, Lord, to bring glory to your name, God. Lord, let us do this each and every single day in all of the things we do. Let us live like you lived in service. And Lord, so we're so thankful, God, for everything that you do for us, God. We ask that you watch over us, that you guide us, that you make our path straight, Lord, that you um, continue to bless us, Lord. And we just pray that your will be done here today, Lord, on earth, just as it is in heaven. We pray all of these things, God, in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.